Hearthstone forum noob questions being like, what the fuck? Why did my game end? Why did I explode and die? Welcome to Shroom for Two, the podcast about my taxes, because that's all I feel qualified to talk about this week. I'm Mike. And I'm Taylor. Taxes and Hearthstone are what you've been doing, right, Mike? Uh, yeah, pretty much. I finally went and bought that new computer I've been talking about, and uh, it is sitting slightly behind the computer I'm using to record right now, so it's not, like, show-ready yet, but uh, hopefully soon. Um, I bought it with the intention of it being a work computer, but right now I haven't gotten the work part working yet. Right now it's your Hearthstone computer, huh? Pretty much, yeah. I, uh, I I don't like playing it on my phone, so this is the first time I've gone back to it in a while, and I played a bunch over the weekend because it was the end of the month, and I familiarized myself with all the decks people are mad at now right before they go away. I actually managed to get up from like rank 20 to rank 3 during the last uh, four or five days of the season. Nice. What rank did you get up to on your taxes? Oh, I will get back to you on that. I did uh, manage to prank myself by leaving a box blank on one form and thinking that I owed the state $1,000 because of it. So uh, any of you tax doers out there, just make sure to double check all your paperwork when you're entering all the numbers in. Right. Uh, So speaking of double checking things, uh, let's go back and check a second time on a deck that we talked about on the show. The Zumek deck that we mentioned a little while ago, I mentioned that I thought that we could um, kind of take it down like a dancing tribal path um, with, uh, you know, Headhunter and some of the other powerful dancing cards. And uh, the problem with that was that I didn't own any Headhunters, and I knew that Mike owned four of them. So, Mike, tell us about your uh, dancing Zumek. All right, well, this feels a lot like two decks shuffled together. Like, there's a few common good stuff cards between them, especially at the low end with stuff like Conman and Rolling Stone and uh, Quasar Wizard. But then, like, when you get the hand of cards you're playing that game with, you'll find that, like, okay, these are really good for the Gargantuar stuff, because this was also based on a Gargantuar deck for... That's reason. that's right. The, the original Zumek deck that we were talking about was a Zumek deck that also ran uh, Gargologist and Frankentar. Right, yeah. And so I decided to go a little bit heavier on the Garg package for the, uh, for the high end, and then put in a handful of dancing cards that I like, mainly Headhunter, but also... Disco Dance Floor and Disco Knot, and a couple of the uh, the three one that makes a one one that I think is Disco Zombie. Yeah, Disco Zombie, the basic. The problem I ran into was that a lot of the cards in your deck don't synergize that well with each other. Like you draw, okay, okay, this is a good Garg hand, and sometimes I'll have that Gargologist that they can't kill right away, and then I can kind of use that to steamroll down the hill. But you know, if you're whole, if you have like the the Gargologist on the field and you draw a Headhunter. And you don't have any like dancer to evolve it with. You just that's just kind of sitting there in your hand as a three four. You're probably not going to play. That's right. Um, I'm definitely with you on the the two deck shuffled together situation. I think that you've probably got a bit of an advantage there from the fact that Disco Knot is just so good that um, it kind of works with both packages because it either it either gives your dancing stuff bullseye and evolves your headhunter or it just gives your low-end weenies uh, like Gargologist Bullseye because they just have very little power. And then when it do- comes time for the Gargs to do the damage, the Gargs have less damage that they need to do. Um, you know, So I imagine the Disco Knot is kind of the glue that holds the two halves of these cards together. Does that not work out in practice? No, not really. I'm very protective of Disco Knot. Like, I will hold that in my hand for 
a long time until I have something to combo with it in most cases because this is okay this deck is just straight up worse than like the Zumek decks that are out there let me just say that for the record because in order to get all of these different archetypes in there I had to cut stuff like going viral and if you're not running going right. viral then filling your board full of cheap things like regular Zumek is way worse of an idea right um you know i think there's probably a case to be made that uh it's not as worth it anymore to sandbag your disco knot because the thing that you used to want to do is go disco knot into flamenco zombie and then deal a bunch of bullseye damage to their face now that disco knot only gives bullseye to things with power two or less instead of three or less that doesn't work anymore because the flamenco zombies are three two um and so i think that maybe like the average case of Disco Knot might just be like getting in a little bit of bullseye damage, you know, with like a random Quasar or something, um, and then like trading one for one with a card of your opponent's. Or saving it as a fast evolution target for Headhunter, because, you know, since I'm not running Life of the Party or Unlife of the Party, and I don't have the like Boogaloo's tricks, I don't have a lot of dancing bodies to uh, to evolve this with in this deck if I happen to not get a Disco Dance Floor, because that's really the one I'm banking on having before I can evolve Headhunter. Right. Disco Dance Floor is also really good just by itself. Since it doesn't have any power, it doesn't attack regular, so it only increments their block meter with the overshoot. And so, yeah, I mean, it was, it was an idea that I had. It seemed kind of like I was swarming the board and I thought that, like, Frankentar would, like, you know, that you could just, like, kind of do the normal dancing thing and then top it out with a frankentar and that would still work pretty good um because like you'll have weenies and they'll die and frankentar will get big but maybe that the garg package and the dancing package just have little enough to do with each other that um that you can kind of draw the wrong parts of your deck and kind of falter in the mid game yeah playing a bunch of hearthstone has kind of taught me that these two games are not quite as similar as you would think at least not when you get to the actual playing the game against other people because Hearthstone has a lot of decks that are based on the merits of your entire deck composition like the, the Mechathune mecha thing that you need to literally draw your entire deck before you can get your win condition ready to go is uh, very popular out there and that kind of deck is infeasible in PvC Heroes. You're, like, you're, you're just going to be judged based on a you know whatever the top dozen cards from your deck are going to be and you're, you know, you're never going to draw your whole deck. Uh, I think that's that's to PBZ Heroes' credit, I think. I like it um, better, too. Um, but I, I definitely am with you on that. There are plenty of Hearthstone decks that, that don't want to play to the board at all. You know, like, they want to be an honest-to-god control deck, want to play lots of removal, play lots of card advantage, not really do very much in terms of attacking your opponent's life total until you get to the very end of the game and then you just kill them. There are kind of some decks like that in PBZ, but it still is very, like play to the board centric just because the spells don't do anywhere near as much as they do in in hearthstone um and like a lot of your combos are creature based you're like doing an astro vera thing you're doing a heart of choke thing you know you're i don't know doing a piconolith thing there's also no armor where hearthstone games like the way uh, they yes like all all the druid stuff nowadays is about armor generation which is you know a way to go over your max life a lot easier and in this game you really have astrovera and that's it as far as not just life gain but life uh like arm armor, armor increasing, yeah. your, increasing your life total yeah i think there's probably still something to this um like i i would had you shown me this uh while it was in the brew phase um i probably would have suggested that you put some going virals in there 
But um, I think that this is a this is a pretty solid stab at making this kind of archetype work, and that you really did highlight the fact that these um, these card pools aren't as similar to each other as it seemed like when I was just kind of trying to fuck around with Frankentar. Um, so good on you for giving it a shot. All right. So turn three Frankentar is still incredible. Like throwing down a five seven on turn three will win you a lot of games by itself. Like the the high rolls I've had in this deck are when the Garg synergy is online, and I can I can drop the Gargologist on two and not have it die immediately, and then drop either another Gargologist and a Frankentar, keep it alive or one more turn, and then, and then drop like a defensive end. But um, yeah, it. it Good. Playing with Gargologist reminds me a lot of playing with Flag Zombie, because they're, sure. they're both two cost, three health creatures. Where if you don't have, if if you're not able to take care of them swiftly, they could wind up being your doom. You also kind of need to have gas for them in your hand right away because they have a, they're like a very much a lightning rod. So like if you play your Gargologist, don't have a don't have a payoff kind of teed up right away, then your chances of getting any more than just like a regular two threes worth of value from it is um is pretty minimal. Yeah, and you know, final mission gas giant also good for a laugh. Oh sure, I mean that's legitimately good. I mean even after final mission got nerfed, I think that that's um probably still one of the better things to do to gas giant. Yeah, gas giant is a really good. Like we've we've talked about like you like gas giant, and I've you know messed oh, around yeah. with it a little bit. I I feel like that card's kind of overlooked by the masses, but it is very uh, very threatening. Well, it's a little bit less good with the going viral plan because it does hit your whole entire team. And so, like, if your plan is either to is to use going viral to trample over their team, going viral is probably enough for you to do that. Or you're at least, like, packing other cards that work directly towards that, like Intergalactic Warlord or something that's also giving your team, like, a, a buff. Gas Giant kind of tries to help your creatures get through by dealing damage to everyone's creatures. Um, and so... The payoff there is that your creatures are just naturally bigger than theirs, um, and so they survive the hits from Gas Giant and your opponents don't. But the problem there is, if you've got a team that needs to survive the attack uh, in order to frenzy trample over their creatures, if they were going to do that anyway, Gas Giant reduces their life total, that's just that much more likely that they're going to die um, and not get their frenzy off. So um, so Gas Giant is a little bit counter to the going viral in that way, which makes it a little more understandable why there's no going virals in here. But I think that um, for a, a, particularly for a go-wide Zumek-style deck, that like Gas Giant is is like very much in the Garg set of cards and like with more or less no overlap with the Zumek with the Zumek stuff um, in comparison to like other stuff like Frankentar or even Defensive End that have like a little bit more play in both zones. Gas Giant really truly belongs in a Garg deck as opposed to a Zumek deck. Did I ever tell you about the time I was facing an aggro solar flare and they had a hot lava out and I played gas giant on it and gave it deadly and it cleared its entire board? No, but that's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's probably my favorite gas giant memory. Yeah, dude, gas I mean, like, if you have two gas giants out, they kill everything and then deal 10 to your opponent's face. They're no joke. Yeah, and they they don't damage defensive end either because of the armor. Yeah, Sergi. dude. But if you have a defensive end out, you're probably going to win anyways. Defensive end plus Gas Giant is a pretty pretty snazzy board. Like, they, they pretty much need to Doom Shroom you or, like, Tactical Cuke or something. Um, and even then, defensive end is, like, making that cost more. Um, so, yeah. I might want to go back and mess around with the Gargantor Zemek more because I remember doing it for the 2020 fight, and there's that version of it, and then there's this dance version of it. But I haven't, like... I haven't tried a restrictionless Garg Zemak deck build yet, so maybe, sure, maybe that's sure. what I'll do next time I get homework for the show. Right. Uh, well, then consider that your homework. 
Our next episode is going to be a battle episode. It's been a while since we've done one of those. And we've also uh, built up a, a large library of crowd decking segments. You know, those um, segments of the show where we ask you to write in with your, your Valkyrie Brainstorm deck or your Cycle Cap deck or your whatever. And we talk about what the differences and similarities are. Well, we've got a bunch of decks from a bunch of people now. We've got three plant decks and three zombie decks for, that we've done that for. And so we're thinking that that's a good way to get on uh, our next battle. We've been itching for a fight, and uh, using the crowd decking decks feels like a decent field for this. And also, it'll be interesting to revisit some of the recipes, because uh, a few of these decks have been nerfed. Uh, that's right, they have. Po- possibly multiple times since recording them, looking at you, Valkstorm. Yeah, and in fact... Have all of these been nerfed? No, Grave Tuna hasn't been nerfed yet. Grave Tuna hasn't been nerfed. Ringzilla, I don't think, was nerfed. Conjure HG, I don't think, was nerfed either. Barrel Barrels. Oh, sure, okay, that's actually a big deal. So, in that way, I think we should probably pair nerf decks against each other. Although, then that would mean that Ringzilla, like, has no graveyard hate against Grave Tuna, so maybe that's not great. Also, Um, I think, like, the... The nerfs came down harder on the plant side, namely in Barry Spadow and Cycle Cap, which are uh, two of the six decks we're talking about here. Right. Hmm. Okay, well, whatever. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, so, generally, the way this is going to work is we got three plant decks and three zombie decks. We got Barry Spadow, Ringzilla, and Cycle Cap on the plant side, and we got Volkstorm, Conjure HG, and Grave Tuna on the zombie side. And we've got a whole bunch of decks for each of those types, and we've each got our various brews and other kinds of opinions about the way those decks play. The way it's going to work is, Mike is going to pick a plant deck, um, and then I am going to sit here and do the chin stroke emoji and say, which of these three zombie decks would make for the most entertaining games against that deck? And so then, for the next show, Mike and I will each build one copy of each of the decks, so... We'll each build the plant deck, we'll each build the zombie deck, and we'll each play three games against each other in each of the modes. So six games total, and we'll be able to see who does better with what. If one deck does consistently better in both modes, we'll see what happens. But uh, it seems like a it seems like a nice way to um, get some uh, consistency and some new ideas into the into the battle episodes. So Mike uh, laid on me. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this kind of data because um, in the past when we've done. Uh, fight episodes we would pretty much only play each of our decks one time and not be able to actually gauge like how good of a matchup this is so the deck that i want to draw attention to is cycle cap because i don't know if it's good anymore or not like i kind of want to see where is cycle cap after planet of the grapes got bumped up to a three cost card so i think i'm going to pick cycle cap as the uh the plant deck for next week's fight episode cool i think that's a great idea um I want to tread pretty light on actual deck building restrictions. I think the essential nature of a cycle cap deck is that it has both Astro Shroom and Planet of the Grapes in it. I don't know that I want to say that you need to have 4x Planet of the Grapes anymore, um, because costing three, that really is a lot of dead weight to add to the deck, um, you know, if it isn't running smoothly. So I think we can both have some leeway to kind of reinterpret what cycle cap is supposed to be in a world where Planet of the Grapes is a little clunkier than it was. Um, are you? Do you agree with that? Uh, I'll probably still... I'm not, I'm not going to take it out of my deck, but I'll... Oh, sure. Uh, yeah. I wasn't suggesting that we do that. I think it just might not be a four of anymore. Yeah, no, I, I, it probably won't be, but there will be a couple in there. I think that's fine. Yeah, that's reasonable. Um, okay, and so in that way, it is probably a good idea to pair that with the zombie deck that got hit the hardest, which was Volkstorm. Oh, boy. Um, 
Vogstorm um, had a lot of small creatures that got uh, that got hosed. Um, you know, you have the regifting zombie, you have Disco Nought, all that stuff. Then Valkyrie itself is a little bit higher of a payoff. I think these are two combo decks whose combo got kind of pushed up the curve, so to speak, a little bit. Seeing how they both fare with their combo pieces being a little bit more expensive, I think would um, would make for some interesting gameplay. A little bit less combo-oriented gameplay. Yeah, and uh, that's probably a good advantage for Valkstorm because the two big counters to that kind of deck, namely Picanolith and uh, Wingnut, uh, neither of those are available to Nightcap. So be a, quite the test by fire, I suppose. That's definitely a concern. I mean, like, we offhandedly mentioned that, like, Ringzilla versus Grave Tuna, like, having no graveyard hate in those two colors, you know, would kind of naturally give an advantage to Grave Tuna in that regard. I think this is going to be okay, though, because Volkstorm doesn't hose any of the Cycle Cap stuff either. The thing that really made uh, Cycle Cap cry on turn one was always the, the Gladiator, the 1-3 with armor that says whenever you take damage... Um, mm. It goes to me instead, and so that just turned your Astro Shrooms off completely. And so, like, Vogstorm is full of good cards, to be sure, but, like, isn't quite able to, like, surgically hate on a Cycle Cap deck the way that a Grape Tuna deck might. Um, I... Thinking now about the cards that are available to Brainstorm, I disagree with you on that, but I don't want to give you any strategic ideas. Well, no, maybe I'll pick a different one if you like, so just lay it on me. Oh, um... Because the... I'll, fi- I'll figure it out myself when I think about the deck building. I, I was just thinking about the Trapper territory and being a one-mana environment that will kill your one-ones there. Feels like a very good answer to uh, Planet of the Grapes. Which um, is fine, like, you know, that's a tool in your arsenal that is valid and accept. like, I'm aware of that too, so I gotta, like... Keep that in mind when I play, or when you well, play. Well, I also think that um, these decks should be built with an eye towards the general ladder. I'm not going to show up with, you know, for example, a Grave Tuna deck that like is specifically trying to beat a Barry Spadow deck as hard as it can, or or whatever the matchup ends up being. You know, I want to be able to play a deck that I can like go to the ladder with and like not be totally metagamed incorrectly. And so, like, I think that we can have kind of a gentleman's agreement to not overly metagame in our deck building choices here. I think it maybe would be re- very reasonable to include one or two Trapper Territories in a Volkstorm deck, but, like, you know, knowing that 100% of your matchups are going to be Cycle Cap um, might make you build the deck a little bit different than you would for building the ladder, um, and I think that we should aim towards that ladder case. You know what I'm saying? Okay, fine. I won't run Primal Pea Shooter. <laughs> right, sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, these I accept the terms of these rules, and I look forward to fighting you. Yeah, I think this is going to be cool. I think, um, you know, I am looking forward to um, getting a little bit more consistency with some of the brews because, like, you know, I've shown up with some pretty fun decks um, that have, like, just kind of been drawn backwards and that was my only shot before. And that's been a bit of a bummer. So I'm uh, excited to see how I can fare with uh, this set of stuff. That's another advantage of playing multiple games with the same deck instead of uh, alternating every match. Definitely. And uh, I'm hoping that we can make some cool battle content for all of you. We're over the 100 subscriber mark on YouTube now, aren't we? Um, let me get stats on that. Because I stopped looking at the email notifications when we got them. My friend texted me a photo of having subscribed to the account, and it said, like, 101. And they were like, I want my fucking money back. Oh. Uh, so I think unless, unless a bunch of people have, like, randomly unsubscribed, I think we're over 100 now. 102! Awesome, cool. So now we get to be like youtube.com slash whatever instead of youtube.com slash a cat walked across the keyboard. Yeah, I should um, find out how to change that and change that. Cool, yeah, I think you'd have to log into the Shroom for Two 
email to do it, but you've got that password, right? Uh, if you can read the email, you must have had it at some point. Uh, yeah, I, I, I have it, but I don't have it on the new computer yet. I haven't logged into the SFT stuff on there yet. Okay, well, I'll tell you what the password is offline. Great. Uh, but yeah, so that's this week's episode of Shroom for Two. I hope you all look forward to the rest of the battle episodes. Um, there's going to be several of those in the future. And uh, until then, uh, have fun on the ladder. Yeah, and have fun off the ladder, as uh, we now actually have nice weather out here in spring, and you can go and watch your baseball team be terrible. Or maybe that's just me. Oh yeah, it sounds like a story. Uh, just baseball started, and the Red Sox opened the season on an 11-game road trip on the West Coast, so all of their games started like 10 p.m. Eastern, and they've looked really bad every game they've played so far. They're just getting their asses kicked. Everyone's all championship hungover, and we're giving uh, another $150 million to Chris Sale, which I'm very upset about. Sounds like a bummer. Maybe we should play some Shroom for... Fuck. Maybe we should play some PBZ Heroes to cheer you up. Yeah, uh, now that I, I have an excuse to go and play around with Cycle Cap again. I, have, I don't think I've made a Cycle Cap deck since the nerf, so that'll be a fun little exercise for me. Yeah, same. I hope I didn't, like, disenchant all my uh, Planet of the Grapes, which would be so dumb for, like, 50 sparks each. Like, why would I ever do that? Anyway, yeah, till uh, next time, I'm Taylor. And I'm Mike. Have a great week, everybody. Cool, I didn't do that. Although they are still at 100% um, rate... What are you talking about? The nerfed cards in the most recent batch of ner- batch of nerfs, like Planet of the Grapes. Oh, um, oh the refunds, re- yeah. They still recycle for the full amount. Um, and so, like, even if I had recycled them, I could bring them back. Oh, yeah, I got my 11th duplicate legendary from my weekly pack last week. Nice. I might finally be ready to disenchant them because it was uh, Cornucopia number 5. And <laughs> who has time for that? Yeah, exactly. I, uh, I logged into Hearthstone for the first time in a very long time this past weekend, and uh, I opened a chest that was from August of 2018, <laughs> which uh, gives you an idea of how much I've been playing that game. Oh, I want to tell my uh, my crazy... All right, so I was playing uh, the Whizbang Mech Paladin deck, and I got the uh, Hydrologist Discover a Secret guy to fire twice, mm-hmm. and on the first secret, I played the uh, when your opponent plays a minion, reduce it to one health thing, and got a Doomsayer. And then Excellent. with the second secret, I played the uh, when you take face damage, your opponent takes that much face damage one because I was playing a, um, a warlock deck running a bunch of eight attack giants and big okay. stuff like that. And so on turn eight, uh, they played the Lich King, which I'm very excited for because eight attack giant. And so I played Tyrion and then they play that uh, Lich King spell that's destroy a thing and pay life equal to its health. And so he went down from like 12 to six. And then went and attacked me for face and did 8 damage to himself face after playing the 7-7 seven, seven taunt. Excellent. It, it was very satisfying. Yeah, it's very fun to win in Hearthstone with an eye for an eye because to my estimation, eye for an eye is like one of the Stone Cold worst cards in the game. Like It, it was it, only good if you were playing against Freeze Mage, which doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, I mean like in terms of like all the ways that you're supposed to evaluate cards like... How does it affect the board? Is it card advantage? Does it do whatever? Um, like, it does literally none of those things. It relies on you taking damage, which you don't want to happen, to do an equal amount of damage to your opponent, which is completely inconsequential in all but this exact case. It's super easy um, to play around for most decks, unless you're running, like, Warlock with a bunch of giant 8-8s. Yeah, uh, so congratulations. That's uh, that's an achievement in my book. I also had one where I was playing Hunter, and I played that... Uh, give a thing plus three three and shuffle some buffed copies of it into your deck and i Oops, drew... i've never seen that before that's cool it's called dire frenzy and you can play it on huffer to turn it into a seven oh, five a three mana seven five with charge and i top deck two of those in a row as soon as i played it 
gets so we suffer. That was the um, I won and my opponent was so mad they tried to friend request me kind of game. Oh yeah, I've had a few of those. Yeah, that was fun. I didn't accept like, it though. You accept the friend request to say GG and they tell you to go fuck yourself? Yeah, usually what I do is I let them chill for like an hour and then I accept it and by then they're not mad anymore or they forget why they were mad at me. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's enough show. 